Listening Dog Media. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, this is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Kate Borsay. Spain have reached the World Cup final, their first ever, sending Sweden to the third place playoff. Today I'm joined by Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. And it's Natasha Dowie with us today, the WSL and ex-England striker who's played in six countries, including Sweden. You can see what we're doing there. Hi, Tash. That was a nice intro. Thanks, Kate. Nice to see you. <laughs> Good to see you both. Later in the show, très excitement. That's really awful French, but I'm in France right now. I thought now. you were good at French. <laughs> well, I thought I was too until I just did that. Uh, we're going to be hearing later from Beth Mead and past England greats like Farrah Williams as the Lionesses bid to make their first ever World Cup final. We've got some special messages, so uh, really looking forward to that. But first, let's dive into the first semi-final, Spain against Sweden in Auckland. <laughs> Well, you wait 81 minutes for a goal and then three come along at once. What an entertaining eight minutes it was. Salma Paraluello scored the opener for Spain from close range before Rebecca Blunkfist equalised on the volley. The super subs both doing it there. The winner, though, came from Spain's Olga Carmona, who struck the ball from the edge of the box. It hit the crossbar and bounced in. And that was it. Spain into the World Cup final. Natasha, I know this game frustrated you immensely. I was actually quite willing on extra time by the end of it, though. Yeah, I felt like both teams were actually more afraid of losing than they were winning for a good 75 minutes of the game. And then credit to Spain, they actually then went for it the last kind of 10 to 15 minutes. And I think they deserved their goal. I think Paraluelo made a big impact. I think Pateas didn't have the impact that we were all hoping she would. She she no. still doesn't look 100% far off it, to be honest. <laughs> but I think, yeah, Paraluelo coming on again, two goals in two. 
you know, a real game changer. And I'll be very surprised if you don't see her starting in the final. But Sweden, always the bridesmaids. It just always seems to be that semi-final. They can't seem to get over that hurdle. Do you know, interesting, because I was thinking to myself whether Paraluella would start the final. That is a big call to make, considering she's done so well from this subspence position. She's only 19. That perhaps increases the weight and expectation on uh, on her if she's a starter in the final. Lindsay, Spain were lacking creativity, weren't they, hugely before she came on. Uh, She made the difference. Just tell us what you liked about her play. Yeah, they were. And I think she really has had this role that we saw last summer for England in the Euros that Alessia Russo had. You know, call on her from off the bench and what she'll do is she'll pull defenders out. So immediately I thought Sweden's defence switched off a couple of times from her presence because of the runs that she was making. And what you realise from her introduction is how static it had been before that because she was going quite central as well and, and looking for those balls being thread through the middle. I think from a Sweden perspective, what I would say, and this was the threat all along in this match from Spain, even when they weren't playing well and Sweden never switched on to it, was them shooting from outside the box. And eventually that's how they got the winner. Yeah, uh, And they just weren't closing the players down on the edge of the box. They were giving them the time, the space to get their head up, look and have a shot. How many times did that need to happen? They had a scare with that low angled shot in the first half that went just wide. That was from really far out. And I thought that's a warning sign to Sweden that you can't just let Spain take pop shots from anywhere outside the box. You know, some, some of these could go in. And eventually that did happen. I mean, it wasn't really far out, her winning shot, but it was one which, again, didn't get closed down. Well, Sweden were undone by their own doings, weren't they, in terms of a set piece, Natasha? I thought that was interesting. And just to just to pick up on your point, Lindsay, at halftime, Spain had chalked up three attempts, all off target, all from outside the box. So uh, the warnings were there, weren't they, right from the off. Uh, Tash come in on this, uh, either on where Spain managed to get this right in the end, or the fact that Sweden are just really frustrating to watch. I was willing them on. They were my team for this game. And they, they, they also did this in their quarterfinal as well. They don't find the gear, and against USA, they don't find the gear until they need to. And in this case, it was too late. Absolutely. I think you've just summed it up there, Kate, to be honest. I think I haven't been overly impressed with Sweden this tournament. I think that they've just found a way like they always do in, in tournaments and, and they've got that kind of experience throughout that, that gets them through games. But they haven't been really tested, I don't think, until today. And like you said, they were, they've left it too little too late. And I think if England are watching this game, that's a big, big wake up call for them as well, because I think it's a similar situation to England. I don't think they've necessarily performed as well throughout the tournament. So they need to make sure from the start they go for it. It looked edgy today. It looked nervy. It looked like these two teams, Sweden, they looked like they had that kind of, you know, that haunting moment of them. Like, are we going to be able to get through this semi final today? Spain, their first time in a semi final. So it almost looked like they were both so nervous to make a mistake. Mm. And it was kind of like, right, you go, you go, who's going to go for it? And then, like I said, it it took really for a 19-year-old kid to come on with no fear, has a different mentality, a different playing style in Paraluelo. She came on and then the game came alive. And I think that Sweden, probably looking back now, I think will be really disappointed because I'd prefer to go out of a World Cup having gone for it you know, left it all out there rather than let's try and play for penalties, go extra time. And then, you know, it's too late now. 
Tash, how criminal was it when they equalised to then within a couple of minutes to concede? Because I imagine if there's anything a manager loses their head over, it's when you don't manage to focus, when you've just managed to get back on level terms. Absolutely. You know, their reaction firstly to score was phenomenal. Hurtig coming on, your favourite player, Lind, you know, with the... With the her assist. Head, Lindsay, her head. <laughs> An assist. A great assist. Yeah, and a great mm. finish by Bloomquist. You know, I thought, great on Sweden. Credit to them to react like that within a couple of minutes. But then, you know, the experience they've got in that team, you've got to see it through then to extra time. You know, be compact, be hard to beat, you know, see the 90 minutes out and then you go again in extra time. And then to concede the way they did, I think actually... The keeper for them, Musovic, has been phenomenal throughout the tournament. I actually, to be honest, blame her for the goal. I think she should save it. It's yeah, right I above it's right above her head. It was her she fault. doesn't get yeah. off the ground. Look, the, the girl needs to be shut down, but of a keeper of her standard, you need to save that. Just a quick reminder as well, uh, for those people who might be new to the World Cup, maybe it sparked your interest during the semi-finals, that 15 players for Spain pulled out of the squad in the build-up to the tournament. There were protesting basically about training conditions and their manager Jorge Vilda as well. A few of them did come back for the World Cup, but we have to remember that Spain have reached a final without key players like Mapi Leon. We, we discussed in the last podcast actually whether this was good or bad. Has the manager been vindicated for holding firm or have the players been vindicated? And we largely concluded with Jodie Taylor, didn't we, Linz, that actually this gives the players more power. Uh, I'm interested to get your perspective on that as well, Tash. Yeah, I think it, we we all have mixed feelings about this. I think that Spain deserved to go through today. I think they played the better football. But then when you see the players that they have missing as well, and when you see the reactions after the games, you know, the players are all celebrating, but without the manager, it's just a really surreal thing to be watching, let alone what it's like within the camp. I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. I've never been in that environment where I haven't, you know, respected my manager or wanted to play for my manager. And I think that would be a really tough situation to be in. But I think if anything, it shows the togetherness more than ever that these players have got for each other because the manager has so much power in decision making and in, in, in everything. And for them mm. to make history in the hardest period, pretty much with some, without some of their best players, you know, I'm interested to then see moving forward what happens because if they go on and win this, then the manager's looking pretty, you know, like he's done a good job. But then how can you have someone leading a group of players that when no one respects him and no one particularly likes him? I just think, it, I feel like there's something else is going to come from this after this World Cup, maybe another protest. I'm not too sure, but yeah. Mm. Well, if all of them resigned, I suppose it would it would carry more weight, wouldn't it? We were concerned, weren't we, about potential weakness in Spain's defence and whether Sweden could get at that. What what did you make of them today, Lindsay, with an eye on the final as well against England or Australia? Can they still be got at in those areas? Oh, yeah, I think they can. I think this Spain team actually, and this sounds so bizarre because they've just made a final of a World Cup, but I think they're weaker than the Spain team that faced England in the Euros in the quarters. I think they played much better if I was comparing performance and certainly comparing performance, well, well all over the pitch, but let's look at them defensively. They really didn't give England much. And I think England would be rubbing their hands together at the moment at the thought of taking on this Spain because 
there seems to be areas in particular down the flanks, which is where England have got those strengths, which I think can be exploited. I don't think they're switched on to it. And it all feeds into what I was saying earlier, which is closing down play before it gets to the danger area, before it gets in your box. They weren't doing any of that. They were doing that at the Euros. So I don't I, I don't think that this Spain team, even though they've got to a World Cup final and we want to give them praise for that and mm. everything that's gone on behind the scenes, we've picked apart every single one of these semi-finalists for not being at their very best. But I think if England can find that gear and we'll see in their semi-final against Australia if they can, then then that would equip them perfectly to go into a final against Spain, I think. We had a warning in yesterday's show, Linz, from Alex Ibatheta, who is a Spanish football journalist, about the fact that Spain need to not be obsessed by having the ball, by time on the ball. And actually today they were too slow in possession, I noticed as well. And coupled with that lack of creativity, that's what made for such sort of a dull, sorry, but it was first half. And They look narrow. Did you think they looked narrow, Tash? Yeah, absolutely. I think they looked one-dimensional as well. I think that we we all know that Spain want to possess the ball, but there's no second gear to them. And I think that's where actually you can tactically set up yourself very well to nullify them. Because if you get in their face and stop them, you know, possessing the ball, likes what Sweden did a lot of times today, didn't allow them to have like as many touches and put them under pressure, which made them look slower then they don't have that then counter-attacking threat. They don't have, you know, that kind of plan B and plan C and plan D that England, Australia do have. So I think both of the teams in the other semi-finals would really fancy their chances against this Spanish team. I feel like this is the final, this semi-final. This is the final Mm -hmm. for me. Agree. Really? Mm, I do, yeah. I think think Australia are in really good form and I think they have so many different threats – And I think England, being European champions, yes, they haven't performed how we all expect them to and know they can, but they still have so many different options, you know, off the bench, on the bench, different playing styles. Spain, it is just ball possession, keeping the ball, playing pretty football. But sometimes it's just keeping the ball for the sake of keeping the ball. There's not actually that real kind of like plan A and plan B that I speak about. Yeah, Yeah. exactly that. And and without Paralo even more so. Like, she's the only thing. If we're going to bring the managers into it, surely Serena Wiegmann, at the thought of going up against Jorge Vilda, is thinking, well, I can tactically outmanoeuvre him. I I honestly think she would feel quite... Take that man down. Yeah. Take him down, (laughs) Serena. Let's turn our attentions back to Sweden. And after the game, we caught up with Swedish journalist Frida Fagerlund. This is Jodie Taylor and you're listening to the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. Frida, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Of course you're gutted. I wonder what the players and managers have been saying about it. The the Swedish side, first of all, what what have have you been hearing tonight? They're completely heartbroken. I think they really thought that this was going to be their year. Um, They've been in the semi-final for so many so many times and they still haven't won that you know that trophy yet so they were really looking forward to it tonight everything was perfect in terms of like the harmony within the group and the way they got here the fact that they actually beat USA and Japan and it all felt like a perfect set but in the end the fine margins that Sweden had throughout this whole tournament they just left them tonight. Um, It was painful to watch. It was painful to watch some of the players, especially 
a leader like Kosovo Aslani, I mean, she she would have really deserved to be in a final, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Was there any frustration at all, Frida, about Sweden, how Sweden handled the game? Well, they, they knew that they lacked quality in the final third. It was very obvious for, for everyone to see. And there was some disappointment with the referee as well and some of the referee decisions, which I can understand to a certain point. Uh, Natalie Bjorn even claimed that the referee laughed when when Spain scored, which is quite um, quite strange. Wow. Yeah, so we'll yeah. see we'll see how that goes. But obviously they're disappointed and yeah, they really felt like they could win this game. And I think after they equalized they felt like they were really strong and in a really good place. But I guess you're sometimes you're very vulnerable when you when you score a goal. Uh, I know that's a cliche to say, but yeah, it could be true. It's definitely true tonight. Yeah, I think they're just so disappointed. Really, I'm not really sure how they're gonna of they are. how they're gonna manage to, you know, pick themselves up for the uh, third place game. I think this is a bit like. It's a bit like England in 2019, isn't it? When when England plays Sweden, in the, it feels in the, like it. Yeah, I think the feeling's going to be it's going to be slightly the same. They already have a a, a bronze yeah. medal. They, they don't want to end up in third place, but yeah, they don't want another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what next for Sweden then, Frida? Uh, Frida, you've discussed how it feels hard to have to, have to overcome this stumbling block for Sweden of reaching the semis but not the final. Are there green shoots there when you take a step back and you look at the team? That, that, that there's, that there's obviously a mix of old and young personnel. You've had the same manager in place for quite a while now. What have they said tonight about what happens next? Or what are your assessments really on this Sweden team now? Who, we have to remember, still reached a semi-final of a world tournament. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is very good. And I think after last summer, after the Euros, People were a bit like hesitant in terms of where this team was heading because obviously ahead of the, the Euros, they were one of the big favourites and ahead of this tournament, no one was really talking about them. So I think that is, that is a good thing, the fact that they actually showed the world that they're still a very good football team. But at the same time, some of the players are going to disappear now. Uh, Caroline Seger didn't play that much this tournament because of injury, but she's made her, her last World Cup. And we'll see what happens with Kosovo Aslani, who is also a, a massive leader. So, yeah, things are going to change for sure. I do think that the national coach, Pedro Yardson, is, is very competent and, and very good, and the players absolutely love him. So I have no doubts that he will be able to reassist the team and, and make sure that he gets maybe, you know, a few of the younger players to come in and and show what, what they can do. But things are going to change and it really felt like this would have been the perfect, maybe not the ending for Petr Jarsson, but a perfect end for players like Kosovo Aslani and, and Karolin Segal. Yeah. Uh, well, look, commiserations. It was a hard-fought semi-final in the end, all action towards the end. And um, yeah, we shall wait with interest uh, as to what happens next with Sweden. It's been lovely to speak to you. It's very late there, so we'll let you, well, you're probably continuing to write copy and do broadcast, I know. Uh, but Frida Fagelin, thank you so much for speaking to us out in Auckland. Thank you.
Now let's turn our attention to tomorrow's semi-final between England and Australia. Keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, world-class boxing, international cricket and more. Remember, you don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. Well, we did our full breakdown on yesterday's semi-final preview show. It's not too late. Do check that out. Today, we've got some special messages from Lionesses who played for England in the last two World Cup semi-finals, but didn't make it to the final. We asked if there was a difference this time. Will this England side have what it takes to go one step further? Let's start with players from the 2019 World Cup. Beth Mead, Euro 2022 winner, player of the tournament and top scorer, England forward at the 2019 World Cup. I actually do think this England team has what it takes to, you know, get that next step from a semi-final to a final. Um, You know, I was lucky enough to be part of that team last year and I think the mentality and the togetherness that's instilled within them through Serena, from the staff, through the players now, even though they've not played the best football throughout the tournament they're still there they've still got the win they've still ground out results they've showed the resilience when they've had a player down um, and they've lost a player off the pitch and I think you know Serena's really instilled the players to be um, up for anything and any situation and you know why not why can't they go further and why can they not bring it home Jodie Taylor who scored for England in the 2015 and 2019 World Cups the Lionesses can win the World Cup. I think over time the Lionesses have grown so much in confidence and belief. And I think winning the Euros last summer is huge in terms of building that confidence and belief moving forward. And I, I do. I think they've got the mentality and I think they've got the talent to go on and win it. Carly Telford, England goalkeeper at the 2015 and 2019 World Cups. I love their consistency. I actually love the tenacity. I think we have sometimes required the defenders to defend really well and the goalkeeper to and Mary to be called into action. But my standout players have been Jess Millian and Alex. I think they've been fantastic as a back three and a back five if you include Lucy and Rich when they get into it. But they've been unbelievable and I think that's the reason why we'll go on and win the game on Wednesday and then we'll hopefully go on and win the tournament. We've not really gone into full gear or, or seen the likes of what we've seen in in the summer but I don't think that takes anything away from what the girls have done we've consistently beaten teams where other teams have failed to so yeah I think it's going to be difficult against Australia but yeah we're just super difficult to beat and really difficult to score against and uh, I still back England like I did at the beginning of the tournament to go all the way sorry Sam if you're listening no doubt she won't be but uh, I do believe we will go all the way though We're hearing, aren't we, already so much about mentality and tenacity, Tash, a big difference for many of these former Lionesses. Absolutely. You know, I was really fortunate enough to play for England for a good five or six years. And that's the probably big difference I notice now within this England squad is that when it came to playing against the bigger nations, your USA's, your Germany's, we always mentally got outfought by them before we'd even stepped on the pitch, you know, and and even though we had the talent there, we couldn't mentally 
really believe enough in ourselves, I don't think. And that's just completely flipped on its head since Serena Wiegmann has taken over. And I don't know whether it's 100% to do with her. I don't know whether it's because the players now within the squad are playing in Champions League finals, yeah. are winning Champions it's League It's earned football. over time, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And look, if you don't win things, you can't. You don't then know how it how it feels to win, what it takes to win, you know? And I think that's something that I've been very fortunate enough to do. So you know the sacrifices you have to make and the mentality that you have to have. And this England team now, they have that. No matter whether they're 10 players down, they believe they're going to win. No matter if they haven't got their star player in Lauren James or Kira Walsh, they still think they're going to win. It's not that they've got that arrogance, but they do a little bit now, like what USA used to, or do still have, but have always had. England have that kind of confidence and arrogance now where they are going into games knowing they're going to win before they've even stepped on the pitch because they've done it. You know, and I think that's the, the massive difference now. They're going to be favourites now going into tournaments, you know, in, in next year, in four years' time. And I think that's great for English football. It was so nice to hear from Beth Mead in that montage. She started it all off because she was the star player. She was the catalyst for those Euros. And what Serena unlocked in her was the freedom again. And I think so often, Tash, we see these amazing creative players that have got this talent and the world at their feet, but they're stifled. Often they're put in a system and they're stifled and they can't express themselves in the way that they want. And when I was hearing Beth talking about that mentality and the players being up for anything, I was also hearing her say that that was her permission that she was given to go and be her and express her yeah. her yeah. way of wanting to play football. And we've seen that again. I think we've seen it in glimpses with Lauren James. Obviously, we had what happened happened. But I think if she came back for the final, if we got there, then she would she would be able to finish the say. She'd be able yeah. to put the final word on her tournament, which would be lovely for her to have. But you don't get those moments if you don't give the freedom. And I think that's what Serena has to be really applauded for. Yeah, certainly. Well, let's hear from some of the 2015 Lionesses who won the bronze medal in Canada. Do they think this England team has what it takes to go one step further? Farrell Williams, who scored three goals for England in the 2015 World Cup, England's most capped player of all time. The difference between this England squad and the squads I played in of 2015 and obviously watching the 2019 World Cup is probably the way that they are, they're able to find a way to win even when they're not performing at the levels that would require them to win games. So I feel like they've had a shift in mentality in terms of being able to win games. The standout game was against China and the rest of the games they've scraped through with that mentality of, you know, they're not going to lose. So my prediction is they'll get to the final. And, you know, obviously I know anything can happen in the final, but I think they've been there before, obviously with the Euros last year. And I actually think that this is their year to bring it home. Leanne Sanderson, England forward at the 2015 World Cup. I definitely think the Lionesses can go all the way. I think the path has definitely become clearer. It's not going to be easy playing against the Matildas in their backyard, but I believe the Lionesses can do it and follow on from their European success last year. Everyone fell in love with the Lionesses and I was always proud to play for England and be part of the Lionesses. So we can do it, girls. We can go all the way for sure. It's not going to be easy, but we can do it. Come on, England. Joe Potter, England midfielder at the 2015 World Cup. Do I think England can reach the final this year? Yes, I do. I just think that they're going to have too much quality all around the pitch for Australia to cause them too many problems. I think in all areas we're better, um, even though Australia do have 
home advantage. I think um, England is more suited to that with the winning the Euros last year and, and being in those high-pressurised moments. We have a little bit more quality in the goalkeeping area to keep us in games for longer. And then the longer the game goes on, I think we'll, we'll thrive and be able to hurt Australia. So, yes, I definitely think that we can reach the final this time around. Any Aluko England forward at the 2015 World Cup, 102 England caps. I believe England are going to win the World Cup because they've dealt with every single challenge that's been put their way so far in the competition, whether that's the sending off of Lauren James, the injury to Kira Walsh, the change of formation, the different styles of teams they've played, whether that's Haiti, Colombia, going to penalties against Nigeria. They've answered all of those questions, all of those challenges. And here we are at another semi-final of the World Cup, which almost feels like standard routine now for this England team. They've got another challenge in front of them against Australia, dealing with a a home nation, effectively playing as an away team. But I think England have shown they know how to find a way to win. And uh, I have full confidence that they'll be able to do that and lift the World Cup. How amazing does that sound? Note that no one thinks England don't have what it takes to go one step further, Natasha. Of course the, they don't. Uh, Lioness's alliance that. is strong <laughs> here. Uh, Leanne Sanderson saying it's not going to be easy, but the path is now clearer. The path through to that final is now clearer. And I think really nice from Enia Luko as well, who just, you know, sounds proud and honoured and is reminding us that reaching a semi-final now feels like standard for this team. It is. And and you know what? From a player that's kind of worked and played and been through that kind of era, for me, I always just get so excited about the opportunity for the younger girls now. And I just think this is what I love. Is Yes, it's great that the Lionesses are doing well and they're winning trophies. And I, and I think that has a knock-on effect. But when I see Australia and I hear from my friends over there the effect that it's having on Australian football, that makes me smile so much because I played there for six years and and football was always down the pecking order with regards to sport and and always had a good following, but not as much as AFL and your rugby and your netball and all of this. And for one tournament to pretty much change everything. And I think that's why I'm so happy Australia have done so well as well, because maybe it wouldn't have had as positive effect. But I just think it's great. It really is, you know, for for the women's football in England, for Australia, just to get more girls playing, the the publicity, everything around it is just such a feel-good vibe. And who would have thought it? You know, you both have been in the game for so long now and seen it grow. It just is exciting, isn't it? It's great Mm. to see the journey. Mm. And I love, I love, I'm honoured that I've been involved in the journey and now I get to witness it, you know, from the Mm. sidelines. From an England point of view, I'm really hoping for Australia this tournament is their Canada 2015 that England had, i.e. I'd love to see them get a bronze medal, go and get the bronze medal and build on it from there. And that's all I want to say. I mean, Australians are very competitive and we know the Australian-English story is one of great competitiveness, whether it's cricket, whether it's netball, Oh, well, they won the netball. They can have Mm. that, you know, come on. (laughs) Well, this is what the Australians are saying. They won the Ashes, they won the netball, and this is next. Uh, But I think uh, the Lionesses might have something to say about that. Uh, Look, our thanks to Beth Mee, Jodie Taylor, 
Carly Telford, Farrah Williams, Enia Luco, Leanne Sanderson and Joe Potter. It was a real honour to hear from you. So thank you for sending those through to us. Uh, thanks to Helen too for sending in this question. Uh, was Helen too quick? Is this our Helen sending in a question <laughs> Helen, about herself? <laughs> Helen yeah. sent in a question about herself. Yeah, yeah, she has. Apparently oh, this yes, is Helen all Helen. over it. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Helen has a question for us about herself. Was Helen too quick in saying it's coming home before England had even left the group stages? <laughs> Was she too quick in saying that, Natasha Dowie? Oh, I guess we're going to find out tomorrow. I'm, I'm so torn and I'm not normally someone that likes to sit on the fence. I'm really not. But I just have this vision, a Sam Kerr vision. I just feel like it's all written for her in tomorrow's game, you know, missing the tournament, you know, hasn't started a game yet, hasn't scored a goal yet. I can just see the backflip happening. Oh, the viral clip of her giving her shirt to a fan. Oh, yeah. I'm, ho- yeah, uh, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping Helen's tweet's correct, but I just got this vision mm. and yeah, I can see it. I can have to see and, it. And uh, listeners, if you've enjoyed hearing Natasha Dowie on the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports, this will be her final episode. Uh, she's not allowed back if that prediction is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm on tomorrow, my not. <laughs> yeah, no, Tash. No, Tash. Uh, listener Brianna has got a question for you, Tash. Uh, if you could give England forwards one bit of advice for tomorrow, what would it be? Keep doing what you're doing, scoring goals. You know, I don't. I think I'm the last person that needs to give them advice. You know, you know, enjoy the occasion. It's a once in a lifetime thing, so just make the most of it and leave everything out there. And if it goes to penalties. Keep your composure, pick your spot. You've practiced it day in, day out. Don't change your mind. Side netting, side foot, or do a Chloe Kelly and smash it 110 miles per hour. Pony gallop. Yeah. (laughs) And in it goes. All right. Well, it feels like the appropriate time, doesn't it, to pick our ones to watch from England versus Australia. Uh, It's our predictions game. Here's producer Sophie with the knockout round rules. This is Ones to Watch from the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports, the game where you predict tomorrow's top player. So pick a player, and if they score, you'll get two points. It's one for an assist and for a clean sheet if they're a defender. A goalkeeper gets two points for a clean sheet and three for a penalty save in open play. If it goes to a penalty shootout, it's one point for scoring and a keeper gets two points for a save. Oh, and minus one for a red card or an own goal. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament for Kate, Lindsay, the pundits, the producers and of course the listeners. So keep track of your scores and let us know how you're getting on. You can join in any time by starting with the same amount of points as the person in last place. So pick a player and let's get started. All right, well the scores remain the same. We've done it again. Nil point across the board. Alexia Porteas, Zachira Musovic, Amanda Ilstadt and Aitana Bomati. Niente, nothing for us. So I'm still leading with 28 points. The producers are on 27. Pundits are on 15. And Lindsay is on 14. Only three more chances now to get those winning points. Three more games left of this World Cup. I can't believe it. So for England against Australia, who are your ones to watch? Lindsay Hooper. Oh, you're coming to me first. Yeah, bring it up from the rear. Um... (laughs) There's a real big part of me that wants to go Ella Toon. Okay, good. Um, Why not? I am locking it in okay, for Ella Toon. Okay, um, I've gone for Lucy Bronze because I just feel like it's Lucy Bronze time. Mm. I feel there's a header to rescue something at an important point in this game. Uh, producer Sophie's gone for Lauren Hemp, clearly inspired 
by the last game, Natasha Dowie, oh, the final so, say. I feel so bad, guys, and I'm really not wanting this oh, to go you're against going for an England. Aussie. Oh, no. I am. I'm so sorry, but I've had the vision and I need the points to, to catch up with Kate. So it's Sam Kerr for me. I'm a competitive person. I want to win this win this uh, game. Tash, so I'm going Sam I am Kerr. bottom of the whole league. If anyone should have been going for Sam Kerr, <laughs> it should have been me. And I didn't do it. Look, we don't know how much the last game has taken out of her. The rumours today is that we she won't start. We can't start. be so biased, can we? We need to even things out of it. <laughs> we do. I, I mean, look, Sam Kerr can absolutely score as long as Lauren Hemp, Lucy Bronze and Ella Toon also score yes. as well. No, none of those. Just Ella Toon, please. <laughs> Let us know if you're a traitor like <laughs> Natasha Dowie by picking an Aussie. Using the hashtag OffsideWC and the handle at OffsideRulePod. And of course, you can pick an England player. Why not? Thanks very much to Frida Fagelin, Lindsay Hooper. Go Lionesses. <laughs> Natasha Dowie. <laughs> Thanks. This might be her last show. This has been the Offside Rule World <laughs> Cup Daily with Sky Sports. Speak tomorrow after the big one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.